read something from the Harvard Medical School recently. It was a quick article from Harvard Men's Health Watch, and I just stumbled across it in my research. But one quote in that article caught my attention. It read, the saying goes that there are two certainties in life, death and taxes. But people should add the loss of muscle to that list. Okay, I know that's kind of a quippy comment, but it hit home. Use it or lose it, right? Age-related muscle loss, or sarcopenia as you may like to call it, is a natural part of aging that can begin as early as our 30s. We can work to maintain it by eating the right things and keeping our bodies moving, but as we lose it, we run the risk of diminished strength and mobility, of maybe working a little harder in our daily lives, or struggling a little bit more when we're not feeling well. Now, consider these basic ideas in the context of COVID-19. If you've been following this podcast series to date, you've probably noticed that many of the experts I've interviewed so far have stressed the importance of lean body mass in fighting and recovering from this virus. Our guest, Suzette Pereira, is a senior associate research fellow at Abbott. And over the course of her 18-year tenure at Abbott, she has led muscle research aimed at understanding mechanisms leading to muscle and functional loss due to sarcopenia and malnutrition and hospitalization and chronic disease. She conducts both clinical and preclinical research toward developing therapeutic nutritional interventions such as beta-hydroxy-beta-methylbutyrate, or HMB. So Suzette, welcome. We're thrilled to have you on the podcast today. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Now, one thing to note, this podcast recording may sound a bit different than you're used to hearing. That's for the sake of social distancing, because Suzette and I are both dialing in for today's discussion rather than sitting in the studio. Suzette, before we start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your current role, and what brought you to focusing on muscle health in your research? Yes, I am a molecular biologist by training. I received my doctoral degree and postdoctoral training at The Ohio State University. And after that, I joined Abbott as a researcher. And I have been at Abbott for almost two decades now and spent uh, most of my career researching muscle, muscle metabolism, muscle loss, and then also trying to understand if there are specific nutrients that we can identify that can help preserve muscle. So the reason why I've been focused on muscle health research is because over the years, there's been a lot of research that has shown that if you lose muscle, it can have a really devastating uh, uh, effect on your health and your outcomes. But the problem is people are not aware about muscle loss, not even physicians sometimes. Uh, and so there is no real easy way to make people aware of this problem. Uh, I thought that it would be a really good idea to really understand what causes muscle loss and if there are nutritional solutions for patients to actually address this huge problem. Because eventually, we all want to live uh, an active and healthy life, especially as we get older. So those are all great points already, because it seems like we don't tend to hear about muscle mass as much as we do maybe other health concerns with patients. So why is muscle mass so important for health, and why do you think we don't hear about it more often? And you're so correct, Mara, in saying that we rarely hear about muscle. What surprises me is if you look at muscle, muscle is one of the biggest organs in our body. Around 30 to 40% of our body is made out of muscle. 
And we use muscle all the time. We use it to move. Uh, we use it for physical function. But I think people don't realize that, it's, that it is key for our healthy metabolism as well. So blood glucose control, you know, a huge issue in people with diabetes, is actually a muscle dysfunction problem. When you're ill, especially if you're hospitalized with an illness, your muscle is really important because your body reaches to the muscle for amino acids, for nutrients. And so your muscle is almost like your insurance agent. The problem is that people cannot see muscle loss. So it's not top of mind. And this is especially true in this day and age where people are overweight. So you really cannot see your loss of muscle because your body weight might not change um, very drastically. People weigh themselves all the time on the scale, but that will not reveal your muscle mass. And people are aware of BMI, the body mass index, but that too is not a great indication of your muscle mass. And because you cannot see your muscle loss and you're not aware of it, people do not think about muscle. But it is a problem. It's happening uh, to a lot of us, especially once you hit the age of 40. And we need to address it before we have extreme muscle loss. So as you said, you've spent most of your career researching this topic. And when you're thinking about your research, as well as research from other folks, well, what have you identified as the main risk factor for muscle mass loss and what patients are at the highest risk for losing their muscle? Aging is one of the key risk factors for muscle loss. Research has shown that as we age, so once we hit the age of 40, we will start losing up to 8% of our muscle per decade. Once you cross 70 years, that really accelerates and you can lose up to 15% per decade. So that's a huge amount of loss in a short period of time. And associated with this loss of muscle mass is loss of strength and physical function. And that is now termed sarcopenia. Now, if you have a chronic disease, something with high inflammation like cancer or COPD, you are at very, very high risk of muscle loss because the inflammation, the inflammatory uh, factor circulating through your body actually targets muscle. Also, we know now from our research as well as research from other labs that if someone is on extended bed rest, if they're in the hospital for a long period of time, this immobilization accelerates muscle loss. And research has shown that older adults can lose almost two pounds of muscle mass in their legs in just 10 days of hospitalization. So that is a lot of muscle to lose in 10 days. If you're in the ICU, of course, these patients are very, very sick with very high inflammation. They can lose two pounds of muscle in just three days. So you can see that as people are subjected to more inflammation, more immobilization, they're at very, very high risk of losing muscle. And that muscle loss can have devastating consequences on their recovery. When you look through the lens of the current COVID-19 pandemic, which, as you know, is impacting so many individuals globally, what's the further impact of muscle mass loss on these patients? And are these patients with COVID-19 at a greater risk for muscle mass loss? 
Yes, these patients with COVID-19 are especially at very high risk of muscle loss, uh, especially those patients who get hospitalized. Because we know now from research that if you immobilize someone for a long period of time, you know, even up to 10 days, it can lead to acute loss of muscle in just a healthy person. If you're sick, if you have high inflammation, which is what a COVID patient is experiencing, they, many of them have the cytokine storm going on in their bodies, this will lead to very, very severe muscle loss. And what will happen is it will have a devastating effect on them recovering, getting back to their feet if they don't do something to preserve their muscle and, and to try and prevent that loss during the hospitalization. One other thing we need to remember is when, for COVID patients, they may develop malnutrition along the way. Just because they're not eating, there's a lot of inflammation, and this combination of malnutrition and high inflammation will accelerate muscle loss. And when individuals lose muscle mass, how does that impact their health status and their clinical outcomes overall? If you are uh, a healthy aging person, you will lose some amount of muscle. And you, will, you may not see it, but you start to feel it. You'll start to feel less strong, so a little weaker, maybe not able to do things that you can normally do, like climb stairs or walk at your usual pace. But you really feel the effects of muscle loss when you are a clinical population. So if you are hospitalized, if you have chronic disease, in clinical populations, such as hospitalized populations and people with cancer, COPD, there's numerous studies that now show that if these people lose muscle, and they also start with low muscle, they have worse health outcomes. So they have slower recovery time, they have a higher risk of infections, they have a higher risk of readmissions to the hospital, and eventually there's also a higher risk of mortality. So your muscle mass can actually dictate your survival, which is a really scary concept if you're not thinking about your muscle. In cancer patients, it has been shown that Patients with higher muscle mass were better able to complete their chemotherapy regimen. So they had less side effects of chemotherapy. And this then led to higher survival rates. So even if a a patient living with cancer, they may not be thinking about muscle, but they should, because that is going to improve their outcomes in the long run. So let's switch gears and focus on what can be done in terms of intervention for these patients who have muscle loss and what specific nutrition intervention can be provided. If we want to address muscle loss, we need to start thinking about nutritional ingredients that focus on rebuilding muscle. So the first, of course, the first macronutrient that comes to mind is protein. And The reason why protein is so important for muscle is because protein provides the amino acids or the building blocks that go into making muscle. So if you do not have enough protein, you're not going to be able to build or rebuild your muscle. Now, we know that there is a recommended daily allowance of protein, 
But as you get older, experts now believe that people should be getting a lot more protein than the recommended daily allowance. Experts recommend that if you're a healthy older adult, you should get at least 1 to 1.2 grams of protein per kg body weight per day. And if you're hospitalized with a chronic disease, you need much higher, around 1.5 to 2 grams of protein per kg body weight per day. Besides protein, of course, we need to make sure, especially people in the hospital who may be malnourished, get key vitamins and minerals that are needed to uh, to, uh, help muscle, as well as the calories, because if you're malnourished, you do need calories. We've been exploring some new nutritional ingredients that can target muscle loss, and HMB is the key one that comes to mind. What we've shown is that HMB can preserve muscle, uh, especially during uh, catabolic conditions when there is a lot of muscle loss. And so we think combining HMB together with uh, protein and key vitamins and minerals would be a, a good approach for patients, especially those in the hospital who are losing muscle. I'm glad you mentioned HMB, which, as we know, is a metabolite of the amino acid leucine. And I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about what HMB is and what its benefits are. Sure. HMB is also called beta-hydroxybeta-methylbutyrate. And it is a naturally occurring uh, ingredient that occurs in your body when you eat protein. So when you eat protein, the protein uh, is broken down into its respective amino acids, and leucine is an amino acid from which HMB is made in the body. Uh, You can also get HMB in certain foods like avocados and grapefruits, but it's present in very small amounts. Now, what our research has shown is that HMB can help muscle health. There's a lot of research on HMB and exercise. And what the research has shown is that HMB can help build muscle in context of exercise. But our research, as well as research from other labs, have shown that even during conditions where there is muscle breakdown, HMB can actually preserve the existing muscle, so it protects the muscle from breakdown under these stress conditions. We have some new research that's also shown that HMB can help muscle recover and can help muscle rebuild itself after injury. So it's a really interesting ingredient uh, to target muscle health. And in your research, what patient populations can benefit from nutrition intervention with HMB? Are there patients of certain age groups or with certain acute or chronic conditions that could most benefit? I would say that any population that is at risk of muscle loss or experiencing muscle loss would benefit from HMB. We already talked about as people age, they experience muscle loss naturally. And those people would definitely benefit from HMB because we know that HMB can preserve muscle mass over time. If you have someone in the hospital, someone who's malnourished, Uh, someone with a chronic disease like cancer or COPD, where there's a lot of inflammation that actually impacts your muscle, that's where HMB could definitely have a benefit uh, because we have data showing that under these highly catabolic conditions, HMB can actually preserve muscle 
and protected from uh, these catabolic molecules that signal muscle breakdown. From your preclinical and clinical research with HMB, what have you found the most surprising and exciting in terms of results of the benefit of HMB? We and others in the field have been researching HMB for a long time, and what we found is that HMB plays a dual role on muscle. On one hand, it can help muscle build itself, and it does that by stimulating this signaling pathway that leads to muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein synthesis just means that building muscle, muscle tissue. But what we've also found, on the other hand, is that under catabolic conditions, that's conditions when there is inflammation and signaling molecules that cause muscle to break down, HMB can mitigate that loss. It lowers the signaling molecules and the signaling pathways, and this actually leads to preservation of muscles. So in this way, HMB helps maintain the muscle and homeostasis, and it preserves it so there's no loss even during a catabolic state. I believe one of our most exciting clinical studies is our, our, one of our recent studies published. It's called the Nourish Study. And in this study, uh, we treated hospitalized patients who had comorbidities. They had COPD, they had pneumonia. We treated them with a nutritional supplement that contained both high protein as well as HMB. And what we showed is that this treatment helped reduce mortality in this population. Now, this is very significant because this is the first study that actually showed that a nutritional intervention can reduce mortality in a hospitalized population. So this is very, very exciting. That is fascinating, and you can see the real potential there, too. Um, can you tell us, in that context, what are the clinical guidelines that recommend the use of HMB? As I said, there is a lot of evidence, and the evidence is growing on HMB and its benefits on muscle. ESPEN, so this is the European Society of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition, recently put out guidelines on how to help polymorbid internal medicine patients through nutrition. And in these guidelines, they include patients who are hospitalized and have at least two comorbidities. Um, and and this, this, these guidelines are based on research that they conducted looking at over 4,000 studies. And from those 4,000 studies, they identified 38 studies to base their guidelines on. In their guidelines that they published, they recommend that in malnourished, polymorbid medical inpatients, so people who are in the hospital, those who are at high risk of malnutrition would benefit from nutrient-specific oral nutritional supplements that contain HMB. And what they mention is these nutrient-specific oral nutritional supplements should be administered because they help maintain muscle mass, they help reduce mortality, and they improve the quality of life. So this is very, very exciting because we have a scientific society that has come together 
and is recommending the use of specialized nutrition, nutrition that contains HMB, to help a hospitalized population maintain muscle mass and improve their quality of life. So in the context of the body of research for HMB to date, what do you think the future holds in terms of HMB research and how it can benefit patients with muscle mass loss? I believe the future is really bright for HMB. Uh, Every day we see more and more clinical evidence coming out from labs all over the world where people are exploring HMB in many different clinical populations and they're showing a benefit on muscle loss. Uh, We believe that if we combine HMB with protein, with key vitamins and minerals, it can provide a really powerful nutritional solution for patients who are in the hospital, for patients who are experiencing muscle loss due to chronic disease, for people who are recovering at home after they've got out of the hospital. Because eventually our goal is to get these people back on their feet, being able to lead a healthy and active life and do the things they want to do. And I believe this is especially important during this COVID-19 pandemic because we're going to see more of these patients who've experienced severe muscle loss are now at home trying to recover and trying to regain their strength and energy. And what they need are not drugs. What they need is a specific nutritional solution that is going to help them get their muscle mass back, get their muscle strength and feel more energetic to get back on their feet. Perfect. Now, last question for you. How can clinicians caring for patients on the front lines of this epidemic take all the exciting research in this area and make it real in their healthcare setting? Well, there is a lot of scientific evidence out there now showing how HMB can benefit muscle, how it can preserve muscle during catabolic conditions. Uh, conditions that physicians see all the time in their hospital, in their patients. And hopefully, those who have not been aware about muscle loss by listening to this podcast become more aware of the importance of muscle health for their patients and start to think about nutrition as a solution to help their patients as they journey through this recovery process couple of points would be maybe it would be useful for physicians to be intentional about recommending muscle-building foods to their patients, so foods that are high in protein, foods that can uh, deliver enough of protein in the right format for these patients so they can get the protein that they need, either if, if because they are ill or because they are aging or because they've just come out of the hospital. If patients cannot eat a food, there are many, many options out there like oral nutritional supplements that can provide not just protein and calories, but specific ingredients such as HMB, what we just talked about, because we know that HMB has a benefit on muscle health. And lastly, Exercise. We know that exercise is so important for muscle health. If they could encourage their patients to incorporate some kind of exercise into their lifestyle, that would definitely be beneficial overall for their muscle health, 
And of course, we know if you combine exercise with the right nutrition, you will have the best possible outcome for your patient. This was fascinating. Thank you so much. We appreciate all you're doing to help build awareness for the important role nutrition has to play in the management of patients with this virus. So thank you. Now, a note to our listeners, if you're hoping for more podcast episodes on nutrition and immunity, rest assured we're developing a series of additional episodes to help support you. And in fact, we have a host of COVID-19 related episodes already on our website, and we'll continue to create more until this virus begins to subside. You can find the recordings on anhi.org by clicking resources, then podcasts and videos. So don't miss an episode. Become an anhi.org member today by clicking register at the top of our homepage to receive regular nutrition science news updates from our team, or you can follow Abbott Nutrition Health Institute on LinkedIn. And then finally, on our website, anhi.org, you'll also find a series of printable resources related to this topic. So for instance, infographics on nutrition and immunity, dehydration, why maintaining muscle matters. And you can find these resources on anhi.org by clicking resources and printable materials. Thank you, everyone. Stay healthy and safe.